When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, TD Fantasy listeners. Jamie Eisner here telling you about the ultimate fantasy football draft experience. You've heard us talk about it on the show before. Fantasy football at sea. Think about what you were doing this past draft night. Were you just sitting on your couch? Were you stuck at the office hoping your boss didn't see you? That's no fun at all. Isn't fantasy football supposed to be fun? Why not upgrade and do your 2019 draft on a cruise to the Bahamas where you can get the best advice and party with the top fantasy analysts and former NFL players. Beach, sun, fantasy football, TD Fantasy will be there. That is a tough combo to beat. Go to fantasyfootballatsea.com for more information and learn how you can book today. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demacos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. First and foremost, uh, happy Thanksgiving early to everybody listening to this podcast and to my two co-hosts. Uh, I don't like to get mushy very often because that's just not me, but I am thankful for these two idiots that I do this podcast with. So, At least you got um, your shot in there. Yeah, I had to say idiots. There's no way I could say something too nice to the two of you. Exactly. Likewise. Can't, can't be too nice, but... Uh, Thanksgiving is one of the best holidays because we get multiple games uh, of NFL. We've got quite a few games that I want to get into. But Black Friday uh, tends to almost have a connotation for Black Monday in the NFL where I want to talk about what coach is going to get fired next because Hugh Jackson lost his job already. We know that. Um, Landed on his feet in Cincinnati in some advisor role, which is very strange. Um, but listen, there's been a lot of disappointing seasons so far. Uh, we all know John Gruden's not going to lose his job, although maybe he should. Um, uh, but a local team here in Arizona that's been a huge disappointment, uh, Todd Bowles on the hot seat, Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. Uh, there's like quite a few coaches that could lose their job next. So, Jake, I'll let you go first. Who's the coach you see getting let go next? Well, let's go through some of the bad teams. I mean, uh, Pat Shermer and the Giants have won two straight. He's in his first year. He's a no chance of getting fired. Gruden, as you said, as you just had a big win. He's not getting fired anyway. He's untouchable for probably seven years. Uh, Kyle Shanahan doing a hell of a job with a limited roster and a bunch of injuries. He's not getting fired. Uh, Vance Joseph just had a big win this weekend, so probably took himself off the hot seat a little bit. Todd Bowles in New York with the New York. There. I think he's done a really nice job this year, to be honest with you. Uh, they had the one bad loss a couple weeks ago. But I think that probably the number one guy that's on the hot seat, the hottest seat, is Steve Wilkes in Arizona. Uh, it was a terrible loss at home um, to the Raiders, to the worst team in football by far. And it was close the whole way out, and you gave up that at the end. And It was 70% full. Half those were Raiders fans. Apparently the tailgate was all Raiders. Just extremely disappointing to see where they're at, how far they've fallen. But I think he's probably got to have the hottest seat right now. 
Yeah, and I, I just don't anticipate any any head coaches are going to get fired before Black Monday. Uh, I don't see anybody else making a change this year. And, and the three names again, you're looking at, you're looking at Todd Bowles, uh, Steve Wilkes. I also think again, you, Vance Joseph's probably going to be on there at some point, but I, I can't see any of them getting fired at this point in the season. I'm not sure it does them any good. Um, I, we're going to see a lot of those uh, mutually parting ways uh, as we get into the first week of January, though. What are you guys' thoughts on Doug Marone, though? Quite a quite a disappointing season thus far for Jacksonville. Any any thoughts that he will, you know, I don't think this team's going to make the playoffs unless there's some miraculous turnaround here. Do you guys think that that's a team that could that could fire Doug Marone? I don't think so. I, Doug's a hell of a coach. I think his personality fits with Coughlin and what they're wanting to do there. I think they were limited with some of the injuries they had, especially coming off the year that they had last year. I can't imagine that they'd go that route, although Doug is the second lowest paid coach in the league, so it's not like it costs him a ton to do uh, for a pretty cheap franchise. But I can't imagine with the coaching pool as thin as it is, you're going to let go of a guy like Doug Marone who's proven success in two different places now. Uh, and I think they're, pro- I think they're probably going to finish pretty strong as well, so I don't, I don't think he's in any real danger. Yeah, I think this gets written off as a lost year for the Jaguars. I mean, they're still technically – I mean, they can. Where they only what two? Technically, two games back of a playoff spot. They're still not going to get there. Uh, but I think they'll look at this as a lost year for them. If they have another year like this next year, I think he could then be on the hot seat. But to me, the only way he loses his job is if uh, Tom Coughlin wants to pull a Pat Riley and decide he need, it's his team that he needs to start coaching now, which I do not anticipate is going to happen. All right, uh, coach. That neither one of you talked about is Mike McCarthy. Uh, is Mike McCarthy the head coach of the Packers in 2019? No, I don't think he is, and I don't know that Harbaugh is in, in Baltimore either, uh, both of which will be coaching somewhere else if they're not with their respective teams as of now. But the Packers are way too classy of an organization to fire him during the season, even if they lose the next couple and are mathematically eliminated before the season ends. They're not going to fire him during the season. He's done too much there. He's won a Super Bowl there. There's no way they would disrespect him like that. Baltimore, the exact same way. I think there could be, like Jamie said, it used to be you got your ass canned. You got fired. Then all of a sudden, this politically correct crap society we live in is we mutually parted ways, which is absolute horse crap. But you got your ass fired. Uh, I think you, these two, you'll probably see the mutually parting of the ways. Yeah, and I look at this, and I I, I don't think McCarthy's there next year either. Uh, if I am going – if John Harbaugh hits the market, things get interesting because there are a handful of teams that might consider – Set mutually parting ways with their current head coach to add Harbaugh. Uh, again, we, I don't think it's going to happen with Doug Martin in Jacksonville, but boy, could you imagine Harbaugh coaching that defense? Yeah, that would be fun. I am here for that. And listen, if Baltimore is dumb enough to fire John Harbaugh, he's going to have a job so quickly, it's going to be ridiculous. I, I think Mike McCarthy is going to be, uh, I think he's also going to coach, but I think Harbaugh especially is just going to, is so well-respected and can considered one of the best and really gets the best out of minimal talent. Um, whereas Mike McCarthy, you're looking at a guy who's now being viewed as a guy who's wasted the prime of Aaron Rodgers. I think they're viewed differently right yeah. now. And I think, again, if Harbaugh loses his job, McCarthy loses his job, uh, even Todd Bowles loses his job, I think they bounce back and head coaching roles extremely quickly. Uh, I don't think the same to be said for like a Vance Joseph or Steve Wilkes of the world. I, I think that's that they're going to go right back down to, to Coordinatorville for a while, yeah, if not forever. Yeah, I, I, you tend to, you don't get a lot of chances in the NFL to get it right, and usually if you get it really wrong, like it is what's happening in Arizona, you lose to the Raiders at home, a team that was literally trying to lose football. 
uh, it's pretty embarrassing uh, for the franchise coming off a, a great few years with Bruce Arians. All right, let's get into these Thanksgiving games. First game we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears going to Detroit to play the Lions. The Bears are three-point favorites. Um, That went down a little bit. They were a little bit higher. Four and a half, I think, was the line. Uh, But it's been announced, obviously, Chase Daniel will be the starting quarterback. Listen, I saw Chase Daniel start. He knows this offense really well. I think he's going to do just fine. Um, But obviously, he's not Trubisky. Jake, what do you see happening in this game? I think Chase Daniels is going to light it up. I mean, I made the comment to you off the air before Trubisky's had some very, very, very impressive games since that they might be better off with Trubisky running this offer uh, with Chase Daniel running this offense. I take that back now because Trubisky has looked fantastic at times, but I think Chase Daniel will make less mistakes. I think they'll run the offense exactly the same way. I think he'll take advantage of it and have a big day. And it doesn't change my prediction at all. I got the Bears 27-21. I think the Bears defense, they lean on. Uh, Detroit's offense hasn't been the same after losing Golden Tate. They just lost on Johnson for a few weeks. Uh, I think the Bears do what the Bears have been doing. I don't think this really affects them a ton. I think they might actually win a little bit more handily because I don't think Daniel makes the mistakes that Trubisky has been prone to make the last couple weeks. Yeah, efficient is the word I'll use for Chase Daniel. I think he'll be he'll be efficient with his throws. He's got plenty of weapons to choose from. He's got a great defense. I'm going to go a little bit of a bold prediction here. I think the Chicago Bears defense is within a touchdown of the Detroit offense in terms of scoring in this game. <laughs> yeah. uh, Detroit's without Carryon Johnson. They're without Marvin Jones again. Really, Kenny Galladay is the only weapon they have on offense. This team loves to get Matthew Stafford sacked. They just absolutely just they get off on, on letting the quarterback <laughs> get hit. He's going to get hit in this game a lot. I could see a one or two, a couple defensive touchdowns in this game. Uh, I think Chicago wins by double digits. That's great. Listen, I think I watched Akeem Hicks. I watched uh, on Sunday Night Football. I watched Khalil Mack. I watched the Leonard Floyd. I watched all these guys tear apart a Minnesota offensive line that is significantly better than the Detroit Lions offensive line. So I obviously am in agreement with you guys. Um, next, next game, we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. Jake, what do you see happening in that game? You know, I, I hate to admit this, uh, but I'm starting to believe in the Cowboys a little bit. They're winning close games, and it is tough to turn around on a team that is beat up as the Redskins are. They Look, I think the Redskins are better. They're playing better defense. Um, Colt McCoy, I, I don't think they lose a lot there. Same thing we were just talking about Chase Daniel. I, he knows the offense. He's very efficient, very similar guy. The Cowboys are winning close games, and it's hard to turn around on three days to go to Thanksgiving. Cowboys perennial winners on Thanksgiving like the Lions. I don't see the Lions even coming close to what they've done all these years on Thanksgiving. But uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys 24-21 in a close game. I, I think they've got enough to get it done. I do as well. I think it's going to be a close uh, And that's why I'm actually going to take the Redskins plus seven here. Uh, I think uh, Colt McCoy can run that offense as efficiently, if not actually better than Alex Smith. He knows that offense extremely well. He's a very, very capable backup. And I, I think we'll just talk about two games with two teams that have – Pretty darn good backups, which are, it's going to be extremely important for both Washington and Chicago to be able to win football games when their starter is out. Uh, but I think this is a close game. I think Zeke has a big game, but I don't think anybody really pulls away here. I don't fully buy into the, the Dallas offense just yet outside of Zeke. So I'm with Jake. I think the Cowboys win, but this is a really close game. Yeah, this division's bizarre. It's uh, I, I it thought, sucks. It's, it's not bizarre. Yeah, it's it sucks. I, yeah. Jamie using the correct word. Uh, I just I'm trying to figure out who's going to win and who wants to win in that division. It's what it's was a the line again? Seven. seven Cowboys minus seven. Yeesh. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not taking that. Fine. Yeah, no, Cal- the Cowboys shouldn't be favored by seven points against anybody with that yeah, offense. Washington's defense is legit. So, yeah. Agreed. I, I like both of these lines so far. Yeah, for sure. All right, next game we're looking at is uh, the line is significantly higher. Uh, that is the Atlanta Falcons going into New Orleans to play the Saints. The Saints are 13-and-a-half-point favorites at home. My oh my, uh, this Atlanta looked two weeks ago like they were going to turn the corner and get hot right before kind of heading into the postseason, really make a push. And they lost two in a row and are just not – they can't keep pace in the NFC. There's way too many good teams. Um, and in their division alone with Carolina and New Orleans, they're they're not even going to be able to, to compete for the playoffs, I believe, at this point. Jamie, I'll let you go first. 13 and a half points is a lot of points, even for the New Orleans Saints. But do you see them covering? I, I do. And here's the biggest reason why. The Saints are running up the score now. And they've shown that a few weeks in a row. They're not stopping. We see a lot of times teams will they, they will get up 17 points or get up 21 points, and they'll kind of turn it down a little bit. They'll run these little draw plays. They'll try to get third down. They'll try to you know close out the game, salt the, ice the game away. Saints don't care. They're going to be running their offense at full force throughout most of this game. Uh, and to me, I look at this Atlanta team. They continue to disappoint. They've had two must-win games the last two weeks, came up short both times, the teams that they should beat. And now they're going to walk into the Superdome. I think they're going to get absolutely steamrolled in this game. Jake? I go back to history on this a little bit. This game is always close. I think uh, I think the Saints win. I think they put up their 35, but their defense has been playing really well. I think there's a backdoor cover. I think this, I think the Falcons can put up 27. This game is always closer than what the records indicate. I, I think the Falcons will have one last ditch effort to try to make a run at this thing. The NFC you may look like you get to 10 and six, nine and seven. You could still get in. Uh, I think the Saints win handily. I think the Falcons don't stop, and there's a backdoor cover in this. I don't think they cover 13 and a half. I can see what Jamie's saying, but I go back to history in this game. This is a lot like the Steelers and the, and the Ravens. I mean, you get really close games no matter what the records are, what's going on. This is a rivalry. Uh, and the one team that can go into New Orleans and have success has been the Falcons perennially. So I think it's a little bit closer than what the uh, the experts say on this one. All right. We need – we are morally obligated – to discuss Monday night football game uh, because everybody's discussed it. And because we're talking about the saints, um, it's a good segue because I think everybody's talking about the saints and the Rams and the chiefs being the best teams in the NFL as, as it stands right now. Um, I think the saints are a, are not scared of either one of those teams at this standpoint, Um, mostly because neither of those teams have drew Brees. Uh, and I think that's that as much conversation is happening right now about MVP, Drew Brees is the MVP. He's been unbelievable this year. This team is absolutely ridiculous. And I think, like Jamie said, I don't. I think they're going to run up the score on everybody because I think they're kind of on a in a fu mode after the way that they lost last year in the postseason in such heartbreaking fashion with most of the same guys back on this team. But let's discuss Monday Night Football just a little bit. Um, what did you maybe learn from that game, Jake? And and were you entertained? Because a lot of people are saying it's the greatest regular season NFL game ever. It might be the greatest game I've ever, most entertaining game I've ever watched, period. And that includes some of the Super Bowls I've been to that ended on the last play. I mean, I learned that Patrick Mahomes is a future Hall of Famer if he stays healthy. I was pretty much already on that bandwagon. I think Jared Goff is right there behind him and also has that potential. 
Sean McVay is a damn genius. I, I questioned him last year. I questioned him to start this year, and I have become a big-ass fan of Sean McVay and the way that he does things. Andy Reid keeps doing it. The Chiefs have two losses to two really good teams in games that they got down, came back and took the lead. And some of this is just a learning curve for a basically rookie quarterback. But what I learned is these teams are really good. The Rams are going to be really good whether they lose a couple more pieces or not. Even if Gurley goes out, they got a hell of a damn backup running back that I think they can they can get by, and they can still put up 30 on a lot of people with that. They get to lead back. I think this defense is, is going to get better. The bye is coming at a great time for both of these teams. And watch out for both of them coming out of the bye. Uh, but I, I learned that they're both going to be, I think, in the Final Four, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. I think it'll be the Saints and the Rams. I think it'll be the Chiefs. And then the other one is the Steelers and the Patriots. If that's the other team waiting to get in, man, that's that's a hell of a final five. I can't be more excited. But watching that game, all I could think of was I think the Saints are better than both of them. And as entertaining as it was, I don't know that either one of them want to face Drew Brees and the Saints team right now. Especially if they go into New Orleans. And, and, and I think as I watched the game, and I agree, it was probably the most exciting game I've seen of all time. Um, in terms of the best game, it, that's tough. That's subjective. To me, I, I think Super Bowls 42 and 43 – are extremely difficult to top just in terms of what was on the line. Again, if you get a, a similar game like that in the Super Bowl this year, I think it changes the things a little bit. I also look at these teams and they say, which defense is going to step up when it matters the most? The Rams have the most talent on defense, but we have seen KC at times be, play better at defense. New Orleans' defense is playing stronger lately. They've probably been the best of the three defenses in the last three or four weeks or so. To me, I think that's going to be the key because all three of these offenses can put up a ton of points. There is not a lot of margin between these three offenses. The question is going to be which defense can step up when it matters most and make the plays that matters most to put them over the top of one of these other teams. And to Jake's point about the Chiefs, both those losses this year against good teams on the road. We've talked about the importance of Kansas City getting home field because I do not think the Steelers or the Patriots are going to go into Arrowhead and win. But if the Chiefs have to go into Pittsburgh or have to go into New England or both, it's going to be a problem for them, even as high-powered as this offense is. Yeah, it's a different story. Listen, playing a regular season game in Los Angeles in nice weather in November is not the same as going to Heinz Field in January for a playoff game or to Foxborough to play Tom Brady in January. We already saw the team go to Foxborough and lose. So I'm not picking against either of those teams. As fun as this is and as, as exciting as this is, this is new, and I have a lot of history of watching a lot of Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady being really, really good at home. So I'm in agreement with Jamie. You better keep winning football games. And listen, the L.A. Chargers, too. It's, well, they it's, got a reprieve. They, yeah. they, they blew a game that they shouldn't have lost, Yep. but the Chiefs gave them a chance here. But again, we talked about this on our show on Monday. There was a very good chance you were going to be tied with the Chiefs, and you were going to have a chance to play them again this year to win the division, but you blow that game to Denver, and – this is what happens. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, last thing here, Jake. What is your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Food. Oh, food. Uh, dessert. Probably pecan pie after you stuff your face with fifteen plates of all the other crap that goes along with it. My favorite thing about Thanksgiving, though, is my mom makes us all. Uh, I used to hate it when I was a kid, and I love it now that I'm an adult. Everybody that's there. You know my family well, so it doesn't have to be blood that's there. Whoever's there is family for that day. Uh, makes everybody hold hands and say what they're thankful for. And that's something I've grown to really love the older that I've gotten, the you know, older I get. Mama Christine is a saint. 
for all those who haven't been able to meet uh, Mrs. Arians, Mama Arians. She is a saint, and that does not surprise me at all. I'm probably going to adopt that and give her credit for it. Uh, pecan pie sounds really good. Uh, Jamie, what is your favorite food item? Uh, well, before I get to the food, I'm going to echo Jake's sentiment. That is something that my family has done as well, and it was eye-roll-inducing growing <laughs> up. Like I just, I just roll my eyes every time, but – uh, it is something with, you know, you, you see what's going on in the world uh, today and a lot of different aspects, whether it's not just political or the, the, the fires or anything else you're going on. There's a lot to be thankful for sure. when you have a happy, healthy family that's all together. So that is something I've grown to appreciate more as I've grown up. I'm a big sides guy on the food. I, li- okay. I like stuffing. Uh, I like the sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese. I'm a big sides guy. So right. to me, I, I like all the different sides that complement uh, the turkey and ham on Thanksgiving. I, I am with you as well, Jamie. I am a garlic mashed potato and a macaroni and cheese person. Yeah. Give me straight to the sides. And uh, Jake knows this and Jamie knows it too. I have a sweet tooth, so give me the pie. A little bit. Yeah, give me the pecan pie. I'm I'm, I'm ready for that uh, before we eat any turkey. I'm going to attempt to make a dessert this year. All right. Attempt. That's, what, that's my mission tonight is to, to not screw it up. All right, I might have to post about it on Instagram uh, if he screws it up. So I'll have to let you guys know how how Jamie's cooking extravaganzas go. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter, Jake Arians on Instagram, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner on Instagram. And if you go to tdfantasy.com, there's a little article up about Five things fantasy football players have to be thankful for this year. So check it out. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to check that out. And guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with I both on Twitter and Instagram. You should follow at TD fantasy underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. And lastly, thank you all for listening to this podcast. We are thankful for you, uh, for everybody that listens to this podcast. That's awesome. And it's awesome that you guys listen to us each and every week and good luck in fantasy uh, and go bears. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.